a new era is upon us and Tangent is back with a new limited series hosted by venture capitalist Jeffrey Berman and me, PropTech entrepreneur Edward Cohen. Tangent unites PropTech founders, real estate investors, urban leaders and passionate creators who are improving our cities and quality of life. Join us to learn how we can solve the present day challenges in our communities with innovative technology and greater collaboration. We'll examine diverse issues through interviews and conversations where going off on a tangent is encouraged, hoping to help you become a more nuanced thinker and find comfort in data. If you are working on a PropTech solution, a nonprofit, or a small business that makes our cities better and would like your mission featured on our features segment, please email us at tangentcommunity at gmail.com. Hi, welcome to Tangent the Third. I'm Edward Cohen. Tangent is back for a third season with four main themes to tackle around how PropTech improves quality of lives in our cities. I want to take this opportunity to welcome our new co-host to the Tangent team, He's a venture capital trailblazer, a real estate tech OG, and general partner at PropTech VC firm, Camber Creek, Jeffrey Berman. Welcome, Jeff. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. I'm at home in Costa Rica. I cannot complain. How about yourself? Oh, wow. Where are you? I am in Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, wow. That's a, yeah. that's a place of summer. Geographically very distant from one another right now. But as close as ever in spirit and heart. Indeed, and through the miracle of the interwebs. Who would have thought 20 years ago when people <laughs> were shorting the internet? But uh, I want to tell a quick story. Jeff and I met back in 2018 when we hosted Jeff for a PropTech panel at NYU. And I remember the panel starting and all of a sudden I hear this soothing yet assertive and confident voice projecting wisdom across the room coming from a long haired man. And I look up and it's Jeff. Since that moment, I knew Jeff had the most podcast-friendly presence in PropTech. Fast forward to last year, and Jeff was our uh, Tangent's first guest during our limited series in collaboration with NYU, and now we're co-hosts. So talk about Full Circle. Talk about Full Circle. And, you know, it's amazing. At the time, I didn't really think about how the hair played. First of all, let's just be absolutely candid and unambiguous. The hair was awful. It looked terrible. It felt terrible. <laughs> and, and Jess, and I, I know Edward's going to introduce you in a moment, but you didn't know me with the hair. It was, it was an unholy mess, but unfortunately, part of what makes me a fairly good venture capitalist is some OCD. And once I started <laughs> growing the hair, I just thought, I'm not going to cut it. And then, of course, I had my wife's buy-in. And with her buy-in, my partners really didn't like it. Our investors really didn't like it. I really, you know, I can't say that. Maybe some of them did, but it's just a lot better and easier to manage. And look how much time we're already spending on my hair. I mean, we can continue to talk about this. <laughs> Definitely stood out in a room full of suits and ties uh, and short hairs or no hairs. So definitely stood out for me. Yeah, so let's jump into it. What are we going to talk about on Tangent the Third? Uh, as I said, we're going to tackle four main themes uh, from different frames and learn from the different stakeholders' perspectives. The first theme being PropTech, uh, how PropTech improves cities and quality of lives. Then uh, we're going to tackle also how will the remote work revolution and how it's reshaping uh, the different real estate asset classes and their prices. We're also going to cover the great tech correction. Don't call it a .com 2.0 because last time I checked PropTech VC funding uh, reached 12 billion so far this year. 
uh, already surpassing last year's 11-ish uh, billion dollars. So is PropTech VC lagging uh, or there's just more room for growth than other sectors in terms of the great correction? Last but not least, we're going to tackle as well the housing crisis that is taking over the U.S. and the world. Jeff, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we can just say they're all problems. All right, podcast over. Uh, no, <laughs> Thank I, you for participating. You know, they, I'd love to start. I think people would be interested in hearing and debating is a cross-section of the, of the tech correction and investment into prop tech. And the reason why... I think that is especially interesting right now is we're at a time where we had a number of externalities, massive liquidity injections, pandemic-induced acceleration of technology, increased use of technology within the real estate industry, and a general euphoria around the startup culture, venture capital, and founder culture. And all of that is coming to a head as, I mean, I, I really don't envy President Biden at all, having to deal with so many different issues and difficult issues at the same time. But when you see the wobbling of the, of the markets, certainly a correction in valuations across the public and private spectrum. And then you notice that prop tech funding remains robust. You have to ask yourself, what's really happening? And I think I would humbly submit, and I'm really excited to have some of our venture peers on the podcast, but I would humbly submit that there's a tremendous amount of dry powder that's been raised. And so raised capital typically has to be deployed, and especially given the incentives for, for general partners in, in funds. And so we have this environment where funds have been raised. There is a correction, which means deals should be getting done, but be getting done at tighter valuations. But at the same time, we're also confronting a founder culture that for the first time in a decade plus, there isn't this notion of, oh yeah, you can raise money on at a, an absurd multiple with just an idea or a short deck. That's all changing. So I would love to start there because there's just so much to talk about. We can talk about individual companies that are getting funding. We can talk about uh, the various venture capitalists in the space, as well as the generalists who are participating. We can talk about the what should be a, a consequence of this tech correction, which should be a dearth of money coming from the corporates and the high net worth individuals that have been operating the real estate business which we can, we can discuss that as well, whether yep. those actors are positive for the industry or negative. So there's really just so much to unpack. I'm, I'm just tremendously excited about all of it. But I think starting there, maybe on, in our next episode with, a, with a, a guest from the VC world will be, mm -hmm. will be really interesting. I think that would be a great place to start. And no, thanks for that uh, insider's insights. Um, yeah, our idea for this uh, season is that we're going to hear from not only the VC perspective, but we're going to hear from the founder perspectives. We're going to hear from the landlord and property manager perspective. Uh, we're going to hear from the public sector perspective and the media and academia perspectives around these four main themes, which I think will give us and our audience a really full picture uh, and in terms of what's happening uh, at the intersection of real estate and technology in our cities. I would just add that it's our hope that people talk about this and debate this and participate with us and ask questions and involve themselves in the conversation because that's, that's what this is. It's a conversation. Absolutely. We're all here to uh, 
learn and collaborate together, learn from each other and uh, yeah, just uh, improve collaboration because that's our superpower as a species. Talking about the housing crisis, only this week I read two headlines that I'm trying to wrap my head around. On one hand, housing market is finally cooling down as an estimated 25% of home listings have caught their asking prices. While at the same time, I read that existing home sales uh, are sliding as price as average home price passes a record $407,000. And there's another issue there. The issue is as mortgage rates increase, the you price out a large segment of the population who can afford to get a $400,000 or more mortgage. So there are a number of tremors that are happening within this ever-changing housing market that we need to be cognizant of as, and the Fed needs to be cognizant of as they continue to try and fight inflation while not grinding the economy to a halt. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm not overly uh, bullish that they will be able to accomplish that. I, I want to welcome and encourage more uh, real estate leaders to be like uh, Executive Chairman Stuart Miller from Lennar, uh, Lennar, the Miami-based home builder. Uh, so they recently posted a strong quarter, over $1.3 billion in profit. However, he very honestly recognized that their current, the company's current attempts are gu at guidance are pretty much guessing. This is, and it's not actual guidance. So this is like refreshing. And, and I feel, you know, it's okay to say, I don't know, or it's okay to say we're, we're uncertain. Well, look, you know, they, they, want, they want consistency and they want to be able to. The, one, one of the things about Wall Street that I love, especially the analysts that follow individual stocks, is they have a, a rating until they change it. And it's you, the reason they change it, the, the reason is pretty obvious, but it almost feels like they're like, well, you know, it actually should have been a neutral or underperform or sell the entire time. And it really never was a buy. But wait mm -hmm. a second, you just had it as a buy. I, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not, a, I, I can't say I'd want that job. I'm sure it's difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm, oh, yeah. I appreciate the people that do it. Talking more about how this relates to PropTech. Uh, I mean, there's, there's been a rise in, in companies that do a rent to own model. I think those companies with higher interest rates environment, they're really going to feel the pain. Uh, I really don't know how they're going to compete or, or help uh, renters uh, graduate to, to homeowners in such an environment. So curious to see how, how they perform. Yes, there are companies though that, and we could probably get the founders uh, of one of them that, that I'm tracking, that are shifting the model for homeownership to make it more affordable for people that are getting priced out of mortgages. And, and so um, I think we can have founders of, of companies that are, that are doing that. Like there's a, a company called Acre. What they are doing is essentially changing the homeownership model and innovating it to create a membership model. So you as a homeowner or home member, you purchase 10% of the home, your downside is limited and your upside is also limited, but you don't have to apply for a mortgage. It's just a membership fee. And then when you want to trade out of that house, you can trade out of it. It's not really right for people who are looking for their forever home, for their dream home, but it is certainly right for people who are looking at a better alternative to renting and not necessarily having the ability to either or patience to to try to get a mortgage so we can we can try to get the the, the founders of that company on the podcast i think you'd be really interested to uh to speak with them sounds super interesting we'd love to i'm sure our audience would as well 
Um, personally, in, when it comes to uh, PropTech improving cities, improving our communities, I don't know about you, but I'm really cheering for all the tech-enabled property management companies. I mean, uh, from Nestag, the property management platform for DIY landlords, to Mind, the end-to-end -end rental management platform, Roofstock's uh, Great Jones, and even newcomer uh, Belong, which is backed by uh, Andreessen Horowitz. Uh, I mean, they all promise some you know, form of full-service integrated property management for different segments of in the residential space, and some, some even offer guaranteed rent for landlords. I mean, property management is one of the most, if not the most painful part of owning and living in a rental unit. So I'd love to see one or, or a lot of them succeed and, and also take into account the, the renter side as well, like how, how to improve renters' uh, lives in general, renters' finances, and their, uh, their well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, our own portfolio company, Darwin, uh, that's in that space. Darwin they're, Homes. They're among, yep. Yep, exactly. They're among the more successful of the companies in that space. And I agree with you. It's when you enable, look, we're renting a home right now and it's an old home. So you may have heard, first of all, you can hear the creaking of the chair. There's a- uh, Those are the audio, are audio, audio sounds, audio effects. Well, <laughs> we have, you know, we have a property manager that has to deal with this house and she has zero tech tools that she's employing to make her job easier. I would love to be able to just grab a text and say, hey, by the way, this is what's happening here. And then have them service the specific devices if there was IoT. I, I think th these aren't incredibly complex systems anymore to install into a home. And the tech-enabled property managers are able to take one person and instead of that one person only being able to serve them, making this up, 10 homes, they might be able to service mm -hmm. 50 or even 100 mm -hmm because the technology allows them to, to address issues much faster. So I think this, yep. is, I think this is something you're going to see continuing to take hold in the market. Definitely. No, and we should uh, bring the Darwin home uh, leadership uh, on the pod. Yeah. It's just such an extremely antiquated and, and you know, it has backwards incentives, uh, the traditional property management companies, which, you know, only end, ends up with frustrated landlords and, and hopeless renters in many cases. I mean, stretching this a bit, could Airbnb and more flexible living uh, platforms be the solution to housing? I don't know. Last time I read, uh, there were more Airbnb listings in New York City than long-term rental listings, which I feel, I mean, I, I, I want to dig deeper into those numbers. As an Airbnb user and as a former host, I love Airbnb. As a, as a citizen of the world, I don't know how I feel about uh, more listings moving to short term than than long term. I don't know what you think. Well, look, I think part of the, well, I'm going to wax nostalgic a little bit. Part of what made America exceptional was our transience, and what I meant by that was is mobility. We were able to move from city to city to city, chasing opportunity. And the notion of having a long term homestead is really, relatively speaking, a modern invention. And so when you have this idea where I can live, and that I meant to end quote, all over the country and do my work all over the country and have a, a membership or the ability to get housing on demand 
in the most competitive cities, the most expensive cities, the most economically forward cities in the country, potentially the world, that's a recipe for continued innovation of the workforce. Because if I can, my job is in New York City, but I can be in Albuquerque, New Mexico for three weeks out of the year, three months out of the year, whatever it may be. And I don't have to be paying for an empty home in New York City while I'm away. And I can still do my job. And again, this goes back to the remote work mm -hmm. idea that you mentioned earlier. Uh, again, that makes for a potentially more productive and innovative workforce. First, uh, I love getting nostalgic. Hist historic references and historic contents uh, matters. It helps us understand where we're going and how we got here. I don't discard, and I like that vision, like more optimistic. I, you know, using our spaces, our existing apartments, our existing homes more efficiently when we need them, uh, maybe even somehow democratizing the concept of pied-à-terre, right? Like if you need to be in the city two days a week because of meetings, because of social life, uh, and the rest of the time you can be in the suburbs, you can be in a rural area, you can be in a different state, a different country. I think that's uh, that's fair game. That's uh, that's great. Well, there's also, right now you're, you're talking about flexibility with people, but let's we can also talk about flexibility of the assets. Um, and again, not to plug another Camber Creek portfolio company, but okay. Placemaker, uh, which used to be known as Y Hotel, effectively invented a category, flexible assets. Um, this, this requires a little bit of a story, but essentially, if you are a multifamily developer, and if you're like most multifamily developers, you're taking construction financing, you build a building, it's finished, apartments are ready to rent, and now you're looking to go from your construction financing to your permanent financing. Well, let's say you have a 200 unit building, in the best markets, maybe you'll rent 20 apartments a month. And in down markets, you may rent five, eight, 10, whatever it is, you're going to have something called vacancy loss. A portion of the building is not going to be performing because it's vacant. So the founders of Placemaker, uh, Jason and Bao, had this idea and they said, what if we could partner with the developers and create a hotel experience that is driven by technology such that while the the hotel starts at half the building, and while the building fills up, the hotel bleeds down until the building has 100% occupancy, and then poof, the hotel goes away. That then led them to their second product, which is codenamed Hospitality Living. And the idea is you can have an asset, and let's say that asset has 200 units, multiple commercial spaces on the first floor, what have you. Flexibility of how that space is utilized means that seasonally, you can adjust for demand and potentially earn more income from that building. At the same time, owner, operators, and tenants and residents should be able to more effectively gauge when they need to be in these buildings and how much they need to pay and so on and so forth. So this idea of having flexibility with your assets also lends itself to a more efficient city. I think we should definitely try to have Jason and Bao on because uh, the story is fascinating. They're, they're really engaging guys. And I think that the service that they've provided and the innovation that they've, that they've added to the prop tech sphere is absolute. That's fascinating. So innovative. I have not heard of that concept and I would love to learn more as I'm sure our audience would as well. That's, uh, that's been a good summary slash for what this season is going to be about. We're also going to bring uh, some new segments featuring uh, innovative case studies and ESG friendly developments. Uh, also, we're going to have predictions, wins and fails of the month, and also due to popular or unpopular demand, depends who you ask, we're bringing back our discomfort zone segment. 
where we ask guests to share an opinion or perspective uh, that they have changed their mind about recently uh, to challenge ourselves, to challenge uh, our community, to constantly be curious, constantly be learning and, and evolving uh, our perspectives, you know, if new information is presented. I have, I have a question for you. What was your, or what was the best discomfort question or, or flip-flop uh, that, that you heard from the last season? Uh, we had we had a few with remote work, classic. I was very against remote work and now experience that it changed my life. Mm, something like that, you know, not unexpected, but it was always refreshing to to see that perspective evolve. What else? I think there was one on, on car usage, on someone not, you know, depending on a car and then not depending on a car. That was interesting to hear how, you know, it, it lifted the a weight off their shoulders just depending on a car and parking and insurance and tickets and tolls and whatnot so yeah but uh we're bringing it back due to popular demand uh so i love uh, it yeah it's a good one and uh last but not least we are you know tangent the third is uh professionalizing which is why we're excited to have jess solly join us as co-producer for this season uh, she will be leading everything related to planning, producing, and distributing Tangent the Third. Uh, Jess is an experienced real estate professional as well as a media connoisseur, and uh, she's going to bring all her passion into uh, this season. We'll see you all on the official first episode. This has been episode zero. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome, Jess. And uh, excited to have you both, and this is going to be awesome. In today's world, the secret to building better residential communities starts with implementing better technology. Things like home automation, super fast property-wide Wi-Fi, streamlined marketing and tenant onboarding, and making property managers more efficient through AI. That is what the team at Quext has built. Brilliantly simple, smart apartment technology designed for owners, operators, and residents alike. Quex recently raised $63 million to scale their all-in-one multifamily PropTech platform that enables apartment owners and managers like you simplify your day-to-day, -day, keep your residents happy and connected, and boost property ROI. Quex has one of the most intuitive one-stop shop tech packages ever assembled. Want to learn more and see for yourself? Visit onequex.com. That's O-N-E-Q-U-E-X-T.com and let the Quex team know where can they plug in to support your community. If you like what you heard, please follow, download, and subscribe to Tangent and share this episode with a friend. This season is produced by Edward Cohen and Jess Solly. Thanks for listening to Tangent, and remember, collaboration is our superpower, so stay curious and always be learning. <laughs>